0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan and Scott Hofer, uh, which is a really cool um, story here and we're excited to talk about this. This is custom leather and if you guys have ever seen some of the very high-end leather at some of the stores or you've even gotten maybe a gift in the past, it's something that's a really cool thing and we're going to learn how it's made. So I'm pretty excited about that. But let's talk a little bit about you know, what is, is made with leather and, and from a custom standpoint, is it a briefcase? Is it luggage? Is it a shaving kit, a wallet? These are all items that are commonly made of leather or at least leather look alike. We have a lot of leather out there, don't we? Mm-hmm. But most of us replace them about every five to 10 years, depending on what they're really made of and, and how well they're actually made. Think about like 20, 30 years ago, if your grandfather got an item that was leather, I bet you it is still around. But our next guest on the uh, Brand Butters podcast wants you to have just one. And so uh, that's going to be the kind of cool thing, but it's one case for your important papers, and he wants it to be one that you'll never have to replace ever again, which is pretty neat, and an interesting business model, so I'm excited to hear a little bit about that. So Scott Hofert is uh, formerly a world traveler uh, who wanted to be a, a homebody uh, and got to be because of his passion for crafting leather, you know, and his business, uh, which is Colson Keene Leather, uh, was born from his desire to create a lasting, or excuse me, to create lasting accessories that can be passed down from generation to generation so we're excited to hear a little bit about this, Scott. Welcome to the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank
2: you, Brian. Thank you, Scott. I'm honored to be here with you
0: guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Great introduction, Brian. Man, you got you got a lot going on, buddy.
2: <laughs> Why, I appreciate the introduction yeah. as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so you had a successful career with lots of travel, um, and you know, so kind of what what burns you out there, and what made you want to start into the leather world yeah. or business? If you don't, great,
2: great question, Scott. Um, so I spent my twenties and some of my thirties traveling the the planet. I worked for nonprofits, so I worked kind of in the nonprofit sector, which was a ton of fun. I mean, we were uh, my role was predominantly to sort of help needs internationally while we would raise resources domestically, and so forty five different countries. Um, invariably in an airport watching people is some of the most enjoyable pastimes that I have. <laughs> I enjoy that <laughs> as well. Right? 100%. <laughs> right? And my eyes would not only go to them as a person, but invariably the luggage they're carrying. And so I was often fascinated. I can remember being in Kathmandu, Nepal, seeing this killer old world vintage, probably from the 40s or 50s, Leather backpack that was, you know, the old school. It wasn't efficient. It wasn't light. It wasn't cordovan. You know, it, it was something that was probably very weighty and heavy. And I remember regretting not going up to the person offering to buy it because <laughs> uh, I would kill to have that today. So I spent my twenties and much of my thirties doing that. Um, so it, mostly in the nonprofit space, and um, and I've I've loved it, and I'm still deeply vested in that in that area, um, and enjoy that thoroughly. But I was about 40 years of age, and I had all these friends who had these creative outlets, bankers, um, they're technicians in their own right, marketers. They're, these are skilled men and women, and they would talk to me about these outlets that they would have. They would paint, um, sculpt, maybe some some form of artwork or music in the garage band in their neighborhood, and I didn't have anything in that sense. Um, I mean, I, had, I did great work. I was you know, my existential call was being realized. I was changing the world and loving that, grateful for that. And still, again, in in that, in that space today, but I felt as though I needed an outlet. Um, And so I thought, well, I love all things leather. I mean, most of us do. And so I went and procured a hide of leather and a fistful of tools, set up a little table on my screened in back porch, and I decided to play. So it was like camp on a good day i don 't remember growing up in camp oh yeah. on a camp right, and you oh, yeah. you made the comb sheath and it was bearable, and you made the the leather strap around your wrist and um and so, I have two boys, Colson and Keene, the namesake of our company, and they would come out on the porch and we would play um and it was just an outlet I'd, we'd make belts and wallets or what have you and it, the the timing could not have dovetailed more perfectly um. So I've been a huge fan of Steve Jobs and all things Apple, like you know most of us. And the first iPad came out. I remember watching it online as Jobs is introducing the iPad. And me and 10 million, however many people, order the iPad that day. A couple days later, it shows up. Um, I unwrap this thing. It's like a spiritual experience <laughs> in my living room. Right? I put a towel down. I don't want anything to fall and break. I unwrap it. And the first thing I Googled was a case for this iPad. And they were non-existent. Wow. Literally, they were non-existent the, because the industry hadn't caught up yet. They hadn't seen these, these iPads yet. So I thought, well, in the interim, I'm going to make an iPad case, something that will just be a temporary hold. And so I, I made one and uh, went up to my little you know, porch and made one. And my wife saw it and she said, you need to put this on Etsy. I was like, babe. and This was ten, almost ten years ago. So either beanie babies or knitting, you know, was being sold on <laughs> Etsy. Yeah. So I, was, I had no real. No, come on, babe, it's not going to work. There's no way. And I, but she said, no, you need to try it. So I did, and my inbox lit up. I couldn't keep up with it. Wow. Um, I think everybody was googling the same thing I had googled, and there just were not a lot of opportunities to get an iPad case. And so I was working in for some consul- a consulting firm at the time. I was on staff in an organization that I'm still on staff with and traveling at night um, and stitching these things in, in airplanes and in, in vehicles as we're going to these consulting meetings, um, just trying to keep up with it. And um, so just had a ton of fun in that space. All of a sudden I realized I have something here I can play with. And so we just began to play.
1: So tell me when, when you, A, I think it's hilarious that Steve Jobs, I mean, the iPhone was out, right? So yes. they already had cases for the iPhone. Yes. Like, yeah. w- I thought the case should be invented before the iPad, right? right? So well done on that. Um, can you think of in the first month, you said just inbox and inbox. What's the number? Like how many of these did you sell off the bat? Well,
2: you know, in some days you would do four or five in a day, six in a day, and it would take a half hour, 45 minutes to make one of these things. And I did have another job. Right. So I, you know, I'm coming home at night and I'm in my back porch loving this. I'm having a lot of fun. And it's, again, it's all of a sudden I have this outlet that somebody is actually compensating me for. So it's not just a creative outlet. I'm actually getting reimbursed for it. So um, it, was just, it, was, it was fun in that sense. And I didn't realize what I had, but I began to play a little more strategically. So I thought, well, what if I, and again, this is where, had I hired you guys to help me with the branding, <laughs> a branding. I could have done a lot better probably. But I began realizing, well, I got to call myself something. So of course, we came up with the name Colson Keen Leather, which are our boys' names. But we started sort of articulating ourselves as a custom leather shop, of which I had no idea how really to make <laughs> What that meant? meant. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and again, like, like any entrepreneur, you you just, you kind of go for it, right? And so what I found is people, not only were we doing custom stuff, but I realized if, if I maybe offer a belt or a wallet, I had to scale this thing and people wanted the iPad case, maybe they'd want the case and a wallet or the case and a toiletry case. And so we began to make other items. So I was taking really, really bad photography with my new iPad, you know, first generation, (laughs) low res pictures. Um, Trying to do some, you know, write-ups, and again, this is this was nine years ago, so you still could make websites relatively easily, but you had to be somewhat competent in a little bit of coding, and I wasn't. So it was it was not a pretty start, um, but I began saying that we're a custom company, and what people started doing is saying, well, then can you make this X Y Z item for me, and I need four of them, or can you do this, and I need ten of them? Um, we had a. Uh, we were just like six months old, and again, still working in my, in my porch, pounding on this you know my, our, our table that's out there for, uh, for eating on, and trying not to do it too late at night because neighbors can hear this. And I get a phone call from some dude, and it, it was around August, September, and he said, I need 150 totes. Can you make that happen for me? And I need them the next eight weeks. So I want to give them away to our, our uh, clients around December 1st for Christmas. And my response was, "Well, of course, this is a no-brainer. Sure, sure, we can do this." <laughs> Hang up right? the phone, you're like that old shit yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've so had a lot of those. I hung up like, "Yeah, oh, what have I gotten into?" And uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm recruiting grandparents and brothers and siblings, and I, I we found some folks that could make us, make it happen, and we did. And then we began to realize, all right, we we've got to scale this better. I, this is not the way to run a company. And so um, we had a ten by ten shed in the backyard. And we moved all our operations to the shed, and um, I had a buddy of mine who got caught in the downturn in 2010, and he needed some work, and so I hired him for 10 hours a week, and he quickly went to 40 hours, and then I hired a second guy, he went to 40 hours, and I hired a third guy, I got three dudes in a 10 by 10 shed making wow. this. I mean, OSHA and my neighborhood association would have had a fit had they known. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so that so that was that was kind of the impetus in terms of how. We've sort of, and again, I'd love to say I had this great strategy. We really fell into it. What What does it look like now? Yeah, uh, great question. So we uh, we we bought a a space over on Seventh Street, Seventh and Hawthorne, um, in Elizabeth, and uh, that's our warehouse, uh, studio space now. And um, in there, we have right now we have with interns and all. We've got about eight folks working on leather, um, and then I've got a couple of really smart people that help run operations and day to day and and uh, work with our, our our contacts and our, our clients directly, um, so it's we've had a lot of fun watching that experience sort of mature and morph.
1: Heck yeah! So that's it's interesting. So... You took this from a porch to a shed, and now we have a full fledged team, which is pretty cool. We're in the custom world, right? Mm-hmm. So we get requests, and it's kind of unique. Um, you know, Mark Cuban always says that you don't go out and invent something that's already been invented. Find a problem mm-hmm. and create a solution. Yeah. And I think that solution now is creating customized experiences or customized products. Uh, instead of just trying to do something that's just generic. So tell me, like, what are some of the coolest projects that A have been requested
2: of? And B, what are some of the coolest projects that you've actually gotten to complete? Um, great question. So I on it's on several different fronts. Um you know, like we've done, we're working right now with a local company, and I, I can't wait to go live with this at some point because I think this will be a ton of fun. Um and they are we're in the process of right now, they designed a cement chair. So um, and this, this person is a, a client of ours, a person, they've, they've bought leather from us just on their own personal front. And uh, he came to me and said, well, what if, what would it look like to add leather to this, this cement chair? Because it's not very comfortable sitting in without some kind of cushioning or what have you. And so we're in the process of um, having that chair delivered to our studio. And now we're going to spend the next couple of months designing what that looks like and maybe do a limited run. Maybe eight or ten of these chairs or 20 of these chairs. Um, and just see what the person that says, I don't want everyday furniture. I want something that of course will literally last uh, many generations uh, and it'll it'll be so unique. And one of the things that's been a lot of fun especially in the custom space is you find a lot of people that love working with the, with a lot of the natural experiences um wood, stone, um even the concrete spaces. So sitting in that chair is almost a very earthy visceral experience. I mean leather has a smell to it and has a feel to it. It's mm-hmm. um I mean it's it's skin after all, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's in one level, it was very much living, um, and yet you're somehow still sure. using it. I mean, it's it sounds weird and beautiful and elegant all sort of put together. Um, so some, the furniture space has been a new dance that we've been playing in. Um, a few years back, we had restaurants reaching out to us, and we began to realize, wait a minute, there's a, again, I, so much of this, I think if, if you know, entrepreneurial Entrepreneurship 101 says, like, what are people wanting? And then is there a way that you can spin this into other spaces as well? So the restaurant space has been a ton of fun for us of late, um, where we're working with five-star restaurants that are saying, we want an experience, even when they're they're going to the wine menu to when they pay with their credit card, that they're looking at the entire experience um, between those, the food, how they're seated, and saying we want that to be a, a different experience. And the beauty of leather, I mean, it's 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 a, such a fun medium. It's always shifting. It's always editing. If it's quality leather, if it's crappy stuff, it goes away and it falls apart. If it's good stuff, it's like a good wine. It's designed to last a long time. Um, so we've been able to find ourselves moving into the custom space in terms of restaurants. That's been we've got several restaurants, several brand new local restaurants that are opening up that we're in, that we're in conversations with right now here in Charlotte that are they're taking on on that space.
0: That's awesome. What, what makes it a good leather? Is it, is it the the breed of cow or, or is it even a cow? I mean, what, where's, yeah, great. What's your favorite? And
2: so most of the, most of what we make is from cow. Obviously there's every animal in essence creates their leather and hide for us. Our design is about everything being over-engineered. So our leather is too thick. The buckles are too beefy. The stitching is too intense. Um, And that's by design. So it's, it's, it is a look, it's an image, it's a persona that we're trying to communicate, and it's practicality. So if I over-engineer a bag, and I guarantee it for life, it's a no-brainer. Um, and so we try to do that with our wallets, with everything. So our wallets are going to be, again, too thick, too big. Some of them, the belt's going to be overkill. So for us, the educated consumer is our best customer. Um, when they come in and they realize, oh, now I understand why the bag looks and feels the way it is. Um, now I understand that that bag is all one piece of leather except the side panels that are stitched. That the, the minimal amount of stitching is to the advantage of the lasting of the piece. Um, where that and It's all about understating the entire bag. Um, so it's not about making it flashy, w- journal, whatever it might be. It's all about understating everything. And so in the leather world, ironically so, Actually, it's all about adding a bunch of stuff to it that a lot of people like. A lot of of markings and a lot of pockets, a lot of stitching. For us, it's the complete antithesis. If we can create the same experience with less stitching or with less rivets, uh, then that's to our advantage. And what makes it a premium price point for us um, is, of course, we use quality items. But invariably, if you cut out a bag, you take a hide, you slap it on top of the table, that, that hide has a lot of marks in it, so you're having to find where you can cut out that bag. And because most of that bag is one piece of leather, you might be able to get two, sometimes only one bag per hide. So what ends up happening is you end up using, it's a premium experience in that way. Um, so it'll last forever because of the thickness of the leather. It's over-engineered, it's over-designed. We typically use cow um, and we use buffalo. Um, so the cow leather in North America, um, your your cows are very healthy. Um, they eat well. They're grass-fed, or they're fed with some kind of chemical that that beefs them up and gives them a, a lot of weight on their bones. They're, therefore, they got really thick skin, um, which is what you want. Some other parts of the world, animals are, are more anemic. They're not as healthy, so they don't. So the skins aren't as good. But in our case, we kind of live in the North America space for the for our for our cow hides for the most part um as far as maybe south brazil and in, into brazil in that space all the way up into canada ever so gently um but most of our hides are us hides um across the board as much as we can get our, our buffalo hides um we get those from turkey um but um for the most part we're able to get as most of our stuff is is us centric in that sense
0: That's so cool i'm i'm really curious okay so Ten, ten years ago, you have this epiphany. You you start with a hobby, and now you, you have a full-blown team and operations and that kind of thing. Um, I'm sure your knowledge and experience has grown with leather in general, um, but how did you assemble a team? Are there a lot of people out there that understand and know leather that, that come to work for you,
2: great or question. what's that been like, building, building that out? Yeah, so it's a great question. So because of the simplicity of our product – Um, If you're good with your hands, relatively good with your hands, you can make this. Okay. Uh, Now, we do have some guys that really know their stuff now. So when I started out, every once in a while, we'll get a bag that'll come in when I first made it nine years ago. So they want to do some editing to it or uh, a rivet pops where we replace that. We guarantee these bags for life. So we'll see them every once in a while. And when a bag comes in that I did compared to what the guys can do now, it's the quality is so much better. Um, <laughs> pat yourself on the back. You're yeah, like, hey, I, "Man, we've come I, a long I'm, way." I'm embarrassed, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of they kind of harassed me a little bit.
0: Damn, did I really guarantee that for life? Right. <laughs> hey, hey Scott, check
2: out this bag that just came in. <laughs> they, they do. They kind of like yeah. they they literally say, this is a Hofert bag. So <laughs> they know. Um, but we've got so I've got some guys now um you know I think of guys like um like Mike and Paul and Tony and uh, these these guys that have been working with me for quite some time and have worked with leather for a ton of years that we've had this privilege of being able to procure um, who just know the product. And so now I can say, well, I have a design idea. I'd like to do this. Um, can we make it happen? They say, well, yes or no. Or they say, actually, we got a better way to make this thing happen because we actually know the technical side of it. Um, of which I I didn't know and still fundamentally do not know. I I have been sort of graced with some really quality people now that are able to say, actually, here's the technical way in which you need to say that, Scott. Here's the technical uh, process of this. And what you're doing is actually secondary to what we now are doing. So in a very real way, we have morphed into a significantly better product. Um, I think of of Mike and Tony specifically, who spend almost all day, every day, uh, cutting bags out and stitching them. And they have come up with better processes to stitch these bags, even than from the last year and a half. So it's it's a constantly evolving uh, process and narrative.
1: So tell me a little bit about, you know, owning a business. You you seem very well-rounded um, from the 20s and 30s, traveling the world. Now you're back here. You, you have, you know, two boys. What is it like to own a business now? But really, what kind of freedom uh, has that given you to do things outside of work that
2: you really didn't get to do when you had your other job when you were traveling so much? Uh, well, so... Uh, my wife and I, have um, been married 18 years now, and our boys just turned 14 and 11. So we're in that stage right now where our boys are, are so consumed. They've got so many things going on. And so we're finding ourselves all over the place. Um, a few years back, uh, a dream of of my wife and I, maybe more her, but it, I've been able to... She, I've hooked, I'm in it hook, line, and sinker, um, is we bought an Airstream. Oh, An old cool. 1968 Airstream. And um, had it redone because I'm not that 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 skilled and uh, we've spent the last several summers going away for a couple three to four weeks out of that summer awesome Um, so the freedom is um, especially with some of the competency that we've been able to hire in our space Um, I think of of people like Bay and Sarah who help run day-to-day who say get out of here over go Um, and so in one sense there's a lot of freedom to any entrepreneur who knows there's freedom and there isn't, right? You, you're never really gone for a week. You're never away from your technology or your phone for a complete couple of days um, unless you get away where there is no signal and you're anxious and it feels really good to be away, but then when you finally leave, your phone <laughs> lights up and you got a bunch of fires to put out. But the, there is a freedom to when you work. Um, there's not a freedom not to work. all You're always working. And to you still entrep- work
0: for your customers, right? That's right. Right. right? Yeah. And to
2: any entrepreneur, it's all about creating. It's all. It's all about starting new things and wanting to make new things happen. So, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a, there's freedom and there's also um, challenges to that. <laughs> so what's next? Well, I mean,
1: I, we're gonna we're gonna talk in a minute um, about how you know our audience can get in touch with you and and work on some custom uh, some options. But where where do you see the future of your business and and where do you want
2: it to go? Uh, great question. So. We've been expanding into several different spaces. Um, we've just jumped into the jewelry space so I've got a leather smith that uh, works with us. His name is Paul and he is a jewelry maker in his own right and so he makes these killer rings and um, I wanted to We I kind of took one of his ideas and we tweaked it ever so gently and made it a, a Colson Keene branded ring cool. so we're getting into the jewelry space a little bit uh, we've got uh, an 1970, six, somewhere in there, old BMW motorcycle in our space that's been wildly edited and we're putting leather bags on it right now. So we're getting into that, into that world uh, more oh, as our desire cool. to. Um, you know, like I said, the furniture space, that's something we're really excited about. Um, we do dream about the mercantile conversation and what I mean by that is, I know this is, and this is a world you guys are involved in, um, being able to say, I've got an idea for a flannel shirt. I want to do 200 of them, and I want them to be the thickest flannel that the industry offers, and then double that and guarantee it for an indefinite period of time, and we do a limited run, and we sign and label each of them, or one of 200, two of 200, and offer those, maybe it's denim, maybe it's a hat, um, maybe it's a a Henley, Uh, we've we've, we've dabbled in uh, footwear and boots. Um, we found we found a boot maker um, that takes us about four to six months to make a pair of boots, custom boots for you. So these are some of the things that we're really excited about, um, that we're we're just having a lot of fun with, kind of playing with. And so our retail space is expanding um, here in Charlotte. So we're we're trying to bring other local um, makers into that space as well, so they can sell their wares. And so that's some of the, that's a few of the things that we're kind of morphing towards. Incredible,
1: and it's amazing. Super cool. Yeah, you you. Buy one piece of leather, and now look where it's come. I mean, that's amazing. So tell me, I, I want to come check this out. So you can put that down. We'll have to put that on the calendar. How can, uh, can our audience and our, and our listeners now get in touch with you? Uh, what's the best way to follow you guys and follow your story? And then if they are interested in getting some custom um, options, whether it's through a restaurant or a, or a team or maybe just one individual gift, how yeah, can they get in touch? With great.
2: That? Thank you. Yeah, we do a lot of work with, cor- with corporations. Uh, we did a big project with Panasonic. We did something with FedEx where you can take your company, put your brand, your logo, and this, I mean, again, this is your world too, mm-hmm. uh, where you can we put your logo on our leather good and you have that into that space. Um, but if people are interested in getting in touch with us, then go to our website, colsonkeen.com, C-O-L-S-E-N-K-E-A-N-E.com, and our, our phone number's there. You can go and you can see the custom work that we've done. Uh, you can see the items that we have there. Um, we, can, we can make often an item that you have designed in your own, in your own mind Or we can edit the items that we have. So that's kind of how that works.
0: Love it. So awesome, Scott. Man, really, really nice to hear your story and and share it. And we appreciate you visiting with us today.
1: Yeah, man, thank you so much. If you guys, please go check it out. Uh, Colson Keen Leather. And I'm excited to check it out. I need a new wallet. So um, don't tell my wife. Yeah, man. (laughs) Christmas, (laughs) holidays, right around the corner. She bought me my last wallet. She'd be like, you don't need a new wallet. I'm getting a new wallet, <laughs> wife. All right, y'all. Paul Scott. Yes, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Well, everybody get in touch with it. Thank you again for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. And until next time, we will see you soon. You've been listening to the Brand
0: Builders Podcast, brought to you by The Dunstan Group, with your host Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out The Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.